We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, an annual event on Mayo Media Network, Mock Draft. This is version 1.0, but it's also the final version of any mock draft you are going to see on Mayo Media Network. If you want to check out the results, subscribe to the Substack for free down in the description. You can find it there, and it'll just get sent to you or over on DKNation.com to see the results of this. It's a very simple format. We go through pick by pick in the first round. Only 31 of them this year. Sorry, Dolphins. No first round pick. That's what you get for tampering. Either way, the two experts will make their case for what the pick should be. And then me, knowing nothing about any of this stuff, you know, I let them cook on this one. I will be the arbiter. I will have the final decision of what this mock draft is going to go to. So they need to sell me. First up. A man with, I don't know, 87 mock drafts at this point from Fantasy Pros, Thor Nystrom. What's going on, man? Hey, Pat. Good to be back with you. One of my favorite shows to do every year, so really excited to get going. You should also go subscribe to Destination Devi on YouTube as well for my man, Ray Garvin. Back again. Set up looking good, by the way. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Pat, for having me on. And this is what happens when you finally pay off a vehicle. You got a little more money (laughs) to pump into your studio. But like Thor said, excited to be here. Anytime you come calling for this, I believe this is the third time that we've done this. We always find a way to make it happen. So excited to get going. Yes, I appreciate your guys' schedules working for this. And we found the right time because uh, as viewers of the Pat Mayo Experience know, I'm going on vacation soon. So this will be coming out when I'm on vacation. But I was going to hold it till next week. But now that I'm hearing rumblings that there might be a few trades, I got to hold it for two days. So I'm just praying there are no actual trades in the NFL over the course of the next two days because there are no trades in this draft to save us from graphic time and actual time of talking through all of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, we recorded this on a Monday. It's coming out on a Wednesday. Is all I'll tell people out there if they're first-time viewers here. But sub to Mayo Media Network. Smash the like to the channel and give me your optimal pick within reality of who you want your favorite team to select. Like if you are the, I don't know, the New York Jets and you really think that uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't come, you need an upgrade, chances are they're probably not getting Bryce Young. So give me something in reality that you would like to see for the New York Jets down in the description. All right, you want the audio version sub to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a five-star rating. 
while you're over there as well. You want to leave a one-star rating? You can go fuck yourself. You fuck right off, okay? I don't need that shit in my life. You give five stars. Thank you. On the clock are the Carolina Panthers. They could use a lot. They traded up to number one from the Chicago Bears to get this pick. Ray, we will start with you. Who do you think that the Carolina Panthers are taking? Because the question is not who do you think they should take. It is who are they going to take? Yeah, and that is the million-dollar question. And depending on where they go at one, I think it really starts to shape the remaining, you know, at least the top 10 picks in this draft. And everything that we're hearing, everything that we see, I know there's a lot of steam and hype about Anthony Richardson, his skill set, C.J. Shroud and his accuracy. But I do believe that when it's all said and done in a mere 17 days, the Carolina Panthers are going to select Alabama signal caller Bryce Young number one overall to kind of restart and reboot this franchise. I'm not here to debate whether that is the direction that I would go with the number one overall pick, but I do think the smoke, uh, the, the betting odds, it looks like it's going to be Bryce Young, and I do think that's ultimately where they go when uh, when their name is is called to, to pick number one. Thor, this seems to be crystallizing now around Bryce Young to Carolina. Do you see the same thing? Yeah, that that's definitely what we're hearing. You know, all the all the tea leaves are are starting to point that way. Could this be just a, a really good smokescreen? We'll have to find out on that. But but Mayo, I'm going to put you to your first decision early because I agree with what Ray said. This pick changes a lot. You know, depending on where Carolina goes with one of those two guys, it changes everything that that comes after it. We'll talk about Houston in a second. I think that's the you know the the, the next one after this. But I'm going to do C.J. Stroud just to put you to a decision early, Mayo. Oh, I'm going to go with Bryce Young there. I mean, Alabama quarterback against Ohio State quarterback. I think people have enough experience with the Ohio State quarterbacks, which is really unfair, by the way. But I just think that Bryce Young, when you're making the number one overall pick in a class like this, and there are four, I mean, okay, Thor, how many realistic options are there at quarterback for number one? Is it four deep? Uh, I think it's two for for the number one. Uh, Richardson, I, I we heard some stuff early on, but but it's really moved against him as far as that goes. So I I, I think it's down to Young or Stroud for that first pick. All right, what do you think, Ray? I think it's those two. Uh, Richardson sounds fun, but it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Okay, well, I you said you're not here to debate who you would take, but here's what I want to hear because the quarterbacks is really all I care about. So Ray, rank the top four. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Will Levis. Thor? For me, it's Young, Stroud, Richardson, Levis. Okay. So you would take the like, – okay, so, I mean, we'll get there when we get to the players in general. But I'm just very fascinated by this Anthony Richardson thing. As viewers of this show now, I'm not uh, you know sitting down every Saturday and watching college football, Thor. But can you give me, like, the 30 seconds on Richardson? Like, I get he's an amazing athlete. Is he going to be any good? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would do the the dice roll after those top two sure things for sure. I mean, he has an unprecedented physical package, went out and tested. Very smart of him to go out and test. We've seen a lot of these athletic quarterbacks in recent years that for whatever reason eschewed that. But you see with Richardson going out, what it did for his stock, he got the perfect 10 RAS score, the most athletic size adjusted quarterback to ever enter the NFL. And I think there's, there's things about his profile that – 
that, that go beyond the accuracy numbers that, that people toss out for him. His receiving core stunk last year. He's played for four different offensive coordinators and four different quarterback coaches over the last four years, a different one every single time. Obviously, Billy Napier came over this year, but there was stuff to work through with that. You saw a lot of balls clanging off his wide receiver's hands. The difference between his completion percentage and his on-target throw percentage is absolutely enormous. If, if you go to the on-target throw thing, then Richardson shoots up in the rankings. And the other thing I like about him, you know, in comparison to like Levis, you know, the, the two guys that are like sort of the, the dice rolls, the high variance type picks, is Levis doesn't have pocket presence. He doesn't sense the pressure whatsoever. He either gets sacked, his, his conversion rate of pressures into sacks very high, or he makes a mistake. You know, he'll panic under pressure when he does sense the enemy at the gate. Anthony Richardson, he is not concerned whatsoever about free rushers. He doesn't panic at all because he he knows he has the athleticism to get out of it and those numbers are much lower for him as far as like that the turnover worthy throws under duress and and the, the pressures that are getting converted into sacks so I, I like Richardson Ray what is it with Richardson like well if you had to put a percentage on going to be very good or be absolute bust what would that balance be yeah, and, and to answer this question, Pat, and I don't want to cop out, situation matters. I think you see, I think we see more quarterbacks in the NFL get ruined than we do developed. And what's interesting about him, the landing spots that are closely associated with him, the Indianapolis Colts and Shane Steichen, we saw what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts. You're seeing a little bit with Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks, and maybe, just maybe, the Carolina Panthers. I think it's a long shot, but you've got strong coaching staff surrounding Anthony Richardson. I'm telling you right now, a spot that I don't want to see him go is the New England Patriots, who have not had to develop a quarterback in over 20 years. If I had to put a percentage on it, I think that there's a very good chance in the right situation that Anthony Richardson is, is he could potentially, potentially be a Jalen Hurts plus level player. And it, it's going to take an organization to commit to him the same way Philly said, we're going to commit to this kid and see what he has. We're going to put pieces around him. But Thor hit the nail on the head. We are talking about the most athletic size adjusted quarterback that we have ever, ever seen. And while athleticism doesn't mean everything, what it does is it allows for some margin of error. When the X's and O's break down and your quarterback has to make a play, I will bet a 10 out of 10 times on Anthony Richardson at six foot four, 200, almost 50 pounds to make something happen when the X's and O's break down. I, I, it's really going to be where he lands, Pat. But I think this kid has all the mental makeup, all the physical tools and attributes. And don't get it twisted. A lot of people say he's raw. He's not raw. He's inexperienced. He's an inexperienced quarterback. But you talk about pocket presence, his ability to manipulate defenses with his eyes. He has all of those tools there. Just got to harness it and put it all together. All right. Well, give me your give me your 30 seconds on Will Levis then. Why is he just falling off the cliff compared to the other three guys? You know, I, I'll I'll go from a different angle with Will Levis. I, I think he has not really done himself a lot of favor this pre-draft process. Uh, it, there's a difference between being confident and having that quiet confidence or even that loud confidence. He's come off as very arrogant as, why would you ever look at my completion percentage and say that I'm not good? I am accurate. I'm the most accurate quarterback in this class. Things have just happened through this pre-draft process with Will Levis that I don't think he's endeared himself to teams. And when you're looking at the NFL today and some of these quarterbacks who have fallen out of favor with their organizations 
Everybody wants to avoid a Zach Wilson. People do not want the quarterback that's a bad locker room, doesn't have the work ethic, the intangibles. We're starting to see the rumblings and the rumors float around with Mac Jones in a similar light. So I think Will Levis, he too has a lot of physical tools and traits. Let's not get it twisted. He's got a cannon of an arm. He is an athletic quarterback. He's mobile. He can make all the throws. Again, he's got to be in that situation that's going to foster that growth for him. And I think it's going to take a bit of time. I'm not out on Will Levis per se. I just think those other three quarterbacks offer a tad bit more at this stage of their career than Will Levis does. Thor, if Josh Allen doesn't exist and you got to see the growth from him, from inaccurate guy that we didn't know a ton about into one of the five best quarterbacks in football, is Will Levis a top 10 pick? Um, maybe not. Um, but you need, you need some of those yard posts to draft any, you know, like some of these outlier type guys. And then I, I wouldn't say outlier with Levis, but for instance, if Russell Wilson hadn't succeeded, Kyler Murray hadn't succeeded. I don't know if Bryce Young's a candidate to be the first pick in this draft. Obviously, you know, the, the NFL has gone a long way with their quarterback evaluations. It used to be, you had to be a certain kind of quarterback with a certain amount of height, certain amount of, you know, the pocket uh, thing, you know, j- just in the pocket, whatever that's totally changed. Now the sport has changed as well. Well, let's go to pick number two, the Houston Texans. They are on the clock. Chances are they're taking a quarterback. So Ray got to go first last time. Thor, who were they taking? I'm going to throw a wrench into this thing right now because what we're hearing and, and, you know, with Bryce Young going number one, Houston, I think I think everybody knows this isn't a well-kept secret. Bryce Young's number one on Houston's board. But here's where it gets wonky. Houston appears to be one of the teams, the quarterback needy teams that is lowest on C.J. Stroud and conversely highest on Will Levis. So this is where it, where it could start to get crazy. Lance Zierlein, who is super duper connected in Houston, his last mock draft, he had he had Houston bypassing the quarterback position at two and then trading up from, from like 12 to seven or eight or something like that to take Levis. But in this exercise with us not doing trades, I'm going to put Will Levis on Houston at number two because I think that Levis might be higher on their board than C.J. Stroud. Th- those are the indications we're getting. Ray, do you see that happening? Because right now, if you want to bet second quarterback selected at DraftKings Sportsbook, Will Levis is 20 to 1. I like the bet. And if you go back through the Houston Texans uh, selections of quarterbacks over the past, they haven't selected a quarterback that was six foot two, 205 pounds or smaller. Like they are all bigger quarterbacks than, than which makes the pick of Bryce Young for Houston. A strange one, but we all know that they love Bryce Young. But everything that I'm hearing as well is they're not as high on C.J. Stroud. I've heard zero smoke around Anthony Richardson to Houston, and I mean zero. I think there's a better chance of them going completely in a different direction. And I'm going to I'm going to go a different direction than Thor because I, I we've seen some mocks where Levis falls to 12. We can debate that once we get there. I'm going to say with D'Amico Ryans coming over from uh, the San Francisco 49ers and what he had that really made that defense run, he had Nick Bosa. I know he had other players, but Nick Bosa on that defensive line. 
Houston, I believe it was 2006, where they had an opportunity to draft either Reggie Bush or the hometown, hometown kid and Vince Young. They decided to go defensive line, and they took Mario Williams out of North Carolina State. I think this is a world in which this team is not going to be good. I don't care who's playing quarterback for Houston in 2023. I believe they have the second best odds to finish uh, with the number one overall pick in 2024. And if that happens, there's a good chance that there's a kid out west named Caleb Williams or a kid in the ACC named Drake May that could be right there for the taking for those guys. So I'm going to say they don't take Will Levis right here, but I do like that pick from Thor. And they go Will Anderson, the edge defender out of Alabama. But this is the this is really where the draft starts. If Carolina takes Bryce Young at one, it's all hell. And anything is on the table here for Houston at two. I'm going to go Will Anderson. Hmm. So you're making me make two decisions in the first two picks. I don't like this. I just think when all else fails, default to quarterback, unless we do what Thor said, that what he's hearing, they end up trading back up into the top 10 to scoop Willie or to scoop Levis if he falls down, then that makes more sense than taking Levis here. But again, we're not doing trades. So I'm going to go with Thor here. I'll take Will Levis with this pick and just kind of blow it up a little bit. Uh, hopefully this doesn't turn into what happened to us last year, Thor, when I think we had Malik Willis going eighth. Yeah, well, well, this year we got the bigger Malik Willis and Anthony Richardson, which I think speaks to, I, I was talking with someone about this right around the combine. I said, can you imagine if Malik Willis had tested last year that, you know, what, what he, his, the narrative on him would have been coming out of the NFL combine. And this guy texted me back. He was leaving Indianapolis. He said, Malik Willis got some really bad advice last year. That makes sense. Well, let's see what the Arizona Cardinals do at number three. They don't get to trade this pick in our draft, but it does seem like this pick is very much on the table. And I had Kevin Cole on about two weeks ago. And we talked about the franchises right now in the NFL that are in the most dire straits. And without having Kyler Murray probably for the entirety of the 2023 NFL season, Ray, it would make more sense to trade this pick when you're not quarterback needy. You know that teams are. They want this pick and just try to get as many picks as possible, right? Uh, that's what they should do. And I do think that's what they are going to do. I do think that Arizona would be very wise to trade this pick and accumulate capital for their new staff. This is an organization that is going nowhere fast. I think they're in a race for the number one overall pick next year. And with that being the case, they're not going to take a quarterback and you know what, Thor? I don't even think they'd make the right decision here at three with the edge defender that they should take. So right here at three, I'm going to have the Arizona Cardinals selecting Tyree Wilson, um, the defensive end from Texas Tech. Not what I would do, but with dysfunction from the owner to the GM, a head coach, an OC, a DC, we don't know any of these guys. Uh, I think they're going to go Tyree Wilson. They're going to look at the long arms, the, the historic wingspan, uh, his versatility on the on the defensive line. They're going to ignore the fact that it took him five years to break out and you got Will <laughs> Anderson sitting right there. Tyree Wilson, three to the Arizona Cardinals. So Thor, who do you think is the most likely team to trade into this spot? Uh, trading up. Uh, yeah. I think the, the Raiders are in play for sure. Um, they would probably be the leaders in the clubhouse for me. We've seen them sniffing around some of the quarterbacks in this class. They're trying to be sneaky about it. But, um, you know, Anthony Richardson's a guy that they've been around too. And if in this scenario where, where Levis goes in the top two and C.J. Stroud's still out there, 
I think it becomes pandemonium on on the phones for Arizona because it ain't just going to be the Raiders. It's going to be a procession of teams that want to move up uh, for C.J. Stroud, including teams that are in the 20s. So that's where it's going to get interesting of like, you know, trying to weigh like the pick equity this year against the pick equity next year. And when you're thinking the three-dimensional chess, I I love how Ray set that up about Arizona's probably not looking for this year. So maybe they'd even prioritize a trade where they could get one future first or two first round uh, future first, depending on how far the team has to go up. The Vikings are a team that have been sniffing around the quarterback class, sort of cl- was clandestinely before, but now the cat's sort of out of the bag on that. I it, it, CJ Stroud would be a very good fit with, with Kevin O'Connell's offense, obviously. And, you know, there's several of these other quarterback needy teams I think that would get in play then if CJ Stroud is still there. Um, but with us not doing uh, the, the trades, I'm gonna. I am gonna go with Will Anderson. Put you to your third straight decision, Mayo. I I don't necessarily disagree with Ray that Tyree Wilson could be picked over Will Anderson at all. We've heard numerous reports that 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 those guys are either even on boards. Wilson might be a little bit ahead on some teams' boards. Anderson's obviously ahead on some teams' boards. So I I think that's more of a coin flip than the public currently believes. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put you to this decision on this one, Mayo. Well, I guess it depends on who is more comfortable paying for all their lunches, whether it's Wilson or Anderson who's going to join the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'll go with Tyree Wilson. Why not? The Arizona loves making – there's no middle linebacker they could have picked at number three this year for no reason. I'm shocked that doesn't exist. Ray, if you're Indianapolis who's on the board at number four and you hear all the sniffing going around with all these teams trading up for a quarterback to number three, you think they got to get in on this, right? They are in a unique spot because I think Indy would be fine with a couple of quarterbacks. And if they just sit Pat at four, they're probably going to end up with one of the ones that they like. So it just depends on what Arizona would be charging to literally swap spots with Indianapolis. I I do think that they are okay with sitting at four and getting one of the two or maybe even three quarterbacks available. And if this, plays out the way that we've gone so far I think Indy would be ecstatic if they were sitting here at four with both CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson on the board for him at four well let's talk Indianapolis Colts Thor this one is your pick first uh we have a D lineman and two quarterbacks gone in our map mock so far is this where CJ CJ Stroud ends up going that that's who I'm going to give to Indianapolis. Yes, uh, no one would have foreseen the scenario where it's Stroud drops to four, even even a week ago. But it it becomes in play if Carolina indeed takes Bryce Young first, and if if the, all the indications that we're hearing for Houston's interest, how they have their quarterback board stacked, if, if that holds as well. And then of course, you know, we mentioned Arizona, but if if you know they 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 end up standing pat, that's what would facilitate Stroud potentially dropping to four. Indianapolis, they've been very interested in Anthony Richardson during this process have done a lot of homework on him, but I don't think even they foresaw a scenario where CJ Stroud could, could drop down to them here. I'm going to give them CJ Stroud. They, uh, you say, and, and all the guys in the building, they've talked about, they want that quarterback they can build around. I think it's six straight years where the Colts have started a different quarterback in their season opener, CJ Stroud, he's going to become the seventh, but next year he's going to be starting as well. You know, the year after and the year after and the year after they will finally figure out their quarterback position. If they take CJ Stroud and I would expect them to do so. If you're a GM Ray, do you go with the baseline of someone like CJ Stroud? Like not knowing exactly what his upside is, but it does sound like Anthony Richardson is the home run. If he can make contact in this draft class, if you're the GM, are you sitting there gambling for all you can get? Or do you take the safety ish of CJ Stroud? 
Yeah, I think that the the Indianapolis Colts organization would be fine with Anthony Richardson if the selection was between him or Will Levis. However, I do not. I agree with Thor. I don't think they envision a world in which C.J. Stroud falls to four. And I know this seems crazy, but if Carolina goes Bryce Young, this is a real possibility that he's here at four. And you can't you can't pass on what Stroud is today and I think what he can become in the hopes that you you hit that grand slam with Anthony Richardson. I think the Colts would be fine. I think they would love Anthony Richardson at four if C.J. Stroud goes one and Bryce Young goes two. But in this scenario, you got to take C.J. Stroud. I'm with Thor. The pick is C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, number four to the Indianapolis Colts. The Seattle Seahawks on the board with the fifth pick, which comes from the Denver Broncos. Good trade getting rid of Russell Wilson, as it turned out for their future uh, after a pretty good season from the Seahawks. Anyway, Geno is still a temp quarterback in Seattle right now. Ray, do you think that they go quarterback, or do they try to assess the defense? I think they are in a sweet spot, and they can go one or two ways. They could go Jalen Carter. I still think, even despite all of the noise and the things going on with him, um, personally off the field, I mean, this guy's a top five talent, a top two talent in this class. Geno Smith has already publicly said that he would be more than willing to tutor and mentor a young quarterback if Seattle decides to go that direction. Uh, his deal, I believe, is essentially, when you really break it down, like a one-year deal for Geno Smith and good for him. Comeback player of the years, resurrected his career damn near what 10 years after he got drafted by the Jets in the second round, but right here at 5 when you have the the luxury of this pick, which I don't think anybody envisioned Seattle having a top 5 pick when they dealt away uh Russell Wilson and and all of that stuff happened with the I don't think anybody envisioned that happening. So right here, they're sitting in a really nice spot and I think this is this is an appropriate range in which if they do love Anthony Richardson as much as reports are saying, you'd be pretty damn happy to grab him here at five. So I am going to select Anthony Richardson for the Seattle Seahawks here at five. Taking Richardson, if we do this, Thor, I think this makes a few teams scramble in the back end of the top 10. So I kind of like that. What do you think the Seahawks are going to do at number five? Uh, well, for me, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Will Anderson here. Cause it's, that's a scenario that they wouldn't have envisioned Seattle uh, coming in Anderson dropping here. Uh, everyone has them three in their mock drafts and Seattle, their biggest need in, in the short term is edge defender. And it's not even close. Seattle might prefer, to, they might be one of those teams that prefers Tyree Wilson to Anderson at the edge, but Tyree Wilson in our exercise is already off the board. And I also think with all the draft equity that Seattle has, they have one pick later in the first round, believe they have two second round picks as well. They might be able at least to, to believe that they can defer that that quarterback need if they're even looking at that position. Uh, Ray's point is well taken. The Gen they're only really locked into Geno Smith for one year. So Richardson could be in play here, but I'm going to go with Will Anderson just because getting a guy who, who's put up that many pressures at the highest level of college football over the last couple of years, getting him at five, um, for me, you just have to take it if that's your biggest need. I prefer the chaos of an NFL mock draft. You know, you guys know me. Anthony Richardson to the Seahawks. Let's have this. I can't wait. I actually like that spot for him, too. Like, is there any other situation, Thor, that he could go into where oh, he doesn't need to just be thrust in right away? Like, you have an excuse to coach him up a bit. 
Yeah, I mean, like um, Las Vegas potentially because you you sign the bridge in Garoppolo would would be the other one, but Seattle definitely is the most ideal one. And Pete Carroll, he has experience shepherding the dual threat quarterbacks from a young age, building them up. I mean, it's it's hard for people to remember at this point, but Russell Wilson had all kinds of questions on his evaluation, proven to be wrong, you know, it, the on-field evaluation, mostly because of the height thing. And obviously, Pete Carroll helped him to succeed, which is one of the reasons why Bryce Young could be the first pick in this draft. But yeah, I, I definitely like the landing spot of this if Seattle went that direction. And it could happen for any of the next three picks, really, because you could you could sit Richardson on Seattle. You could sit him on the Lions for a year. You could sit him on the Raiders for a year. It's a luxury pick for these guys if they're all building for the future. So I think they're just kind of sitting there being like, okay, maybe. I mean, not in the uh, Mayo Media mock draft, but maybe in the real draft that could break their way for Vegas or the Lions. But the Lions are now on the clock at number six. Very hyped team coming into the season. You know, this is the year the Lions finally get off the schneid. They make a big, deep run run and with the way that this draft has broken down so far Thor I think it's turning out pretty good for them although this is kind of where they went in the first round last year with the best players still on the board yeah this would be a pretty perfect scenario for Detroit I don't think they're going to take a quarterback here at six Um, they seem to be higher on Jared Goff than the rest of the NFL is probably defer that one to, to next year's draft, whatever. I've also heard that they might be trading some of their draft equity for future picks or at least be listening to those phone calls on the clock because Detroit now, they have way less needs than they've had the past couple years, and they have this enormous amount of draft equity because they've made really smart trades. But in this one, so I, I'm i starting to, to sort of sit dead red on Devin Witherspoon to Detroit. Um, he's just their kind of a player, one of the kneecap biters, whatever, shutdown corner from Illinois, who tested better than than a lot thought he was going to. But in this scenario with Will Anderson dropping down there, I don't think the edge is as big of a need as some other people would do for Detroit, but we just have not been able to get away from, from all that chatter out of Detroit about how edge rusher is in play here and perhaps even the preference of Detroit here. It would be pretty nasty to add him to the collection they already have. You mentioned Hutchinson in last year's draft. So just because uh, circumstantially this has fallen uh, this way, I'm going to give them Will Anderson. Do you think, Ray, that Detroit would say, oh, no, we already have a good edge rusher. We don't need another elite guy. Because it seems like you really can't have enough great edge rushers. Let me tell you right now, (laughs) if Detroit goes to the clock, at, at six and Will Anderson is there, you might see Dan Campbell do a backflip in the war room. I mean, there, I, there's the, the fact I, I'm thinking through this, the fact that he's here, you put him opposite Aiden Hutchinson and it's just, it is terrifying, not only for the rest of the NFC North, but I think the rest of the NFL in general. Now I'm with Thor. I don't think that edge is a massive need. This feels kind of like a luxury pick to a certain degree. I think they desperately need some secondary help. I even like Jalen Carter in the middle of that defensive line, but when Will Anderson is sitting here for you at six and you can just have two bookend edge defenders, I, 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 I honestly think Dan Campbell would lose his mind. I mean, Dan Campbell would do unspeakable things on camera in that war room to get Will Anderson. I want to deviate from this pick but you just can't pass it up. And I think all Detroit Lions fans would be ecstatic if Will Anderson was sitting here at six on draft night. Easy for me then. Will Anderson to the Detroit Lions at number six. 
the Las Vegas Raiders now on the clock. Only, well, I guess there are two quarterbacks they could possibly select with this pick, but they did just sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe they don't see him as a bridge. Maybe he's the future. An older man, quarterbacks play until they're 45 now. You got 15 years of Garoppolo left. So maybe you don't need a quarterback, but with everything that is sitting here remaining in this mock draft, Ray, where are the Raiders going? Yeah, they need defense, defense, defense. And I think there are two logical picks, and one of them sort of feels like a Raiders pick for all the stuff that's happening off of the field. But on the field, they have no, and I mean no cornerback of consequence, whatever. They still have Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on the edge. You added Jalen Carter to that defensive front. It definitely helps out those two guys and take some pressure off of them and take a little pressure off of your back end guys. But my cornerback one in this class is Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. And I think with their need in the secondary, Raiders need it desperately. I think Christian Gonzalez would be the selection for the Raiders here at seven, even though I want to mock Jalen Carter to him because, I mean, a talent like Jalen Carter probably shouldn't be falling out of the top five. Christian Gonzalez from Ray is the proposed selection for the Raiders Thor. Is there a wide receiver who ran like a 4-2 that we can just give the Raiders? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, no. Um, You know, I mean, but they can get one down the board. Um, You know, they would be in that phylum. But I I agree with the cornerback lean here from Ray. It's just that I'm going to go with a different one. I've heard they like Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. I, I, again, I'm not sure if he gets here because Detroit above them, unless something like a Will Anderson falling into their lap happens, I think there's a really good shot that Detroit takes Witherspoon. But with Witherspoon still being on the board here, totally agree with Ray. The cornerback's their top need. But I'm going to go with, with Devin Witherspoon over Gonzalez. Thor, what is the difference between the two? Like, what, what are the sort of the, the highlights that you've seen from film that, you know, what differentiates these two? Witherspoon's like the the feisty guy that you just can't get out of your back pocket the whole time. I think he broke the record for lowest uh, 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 PFF uh, quarterback rating against this past season. He just doesn't give up any completions, but and you know, and instincts and everything like that are there. And he, he give you know he goes all out and goes down on the sword on every single play. Whereas uh, Gonzalez, he's the he's your prototypical guy with the measurables. You know, he he I mean, despite being even bigger, he was a track star in high school. You know, just burns the forty and everything like that. And he tested really well as well. I, but I think the differentiator there is he just doesn't have the instincts that Witherspoon does. Some plays he does. You know, he'll read the quarterback and, and he'll step in front of a ball. But then there's other times where he'll let it descend on him and he'll give up completions that he shouldn't or uh, even plays where he would be able to make a play on the ball. But he just didn't read it uh, quickly enough. If, if he can turn that stuff around, he's he going to be the best cornerback in the class, Gonzalez. But th- that's sort of up in the air. Witherspoon, that stuff is already ingrained into him. So, Ray, finished product versus guy who's close and could be the best but may not get there. Do you see anything different? No, I think Thor hit the nail on the head. Gonzalez is a freak athlete, and that is why, even though I agree with Thor, I think Witherspoon is a little more ready to go out the box. I don't think there are any... I think both of these guys are phenomenal quarterback uh, cornerback prospects first and foremost. Uh, but Christian Gonzalez just feels like that Raiders kind of guy. He's athletic. The measurables are there. The size is there. He's probably needs a little more time. Maybe I have a couple of more bumps and bruises, but this is the guy that we can look back three years and be like, oh yeah, like this was a phenomenal pick here in the top 10. I, I just think he feels more Raider-ish because of all of the athletic traits that he has. He's a freak. He is a freak athlete, and he put that on display during the pre-draft process. 
I'm going to, Ray, I, I enjoy your case that he is sort of, if you look at Weatherspoon, from what I can glean from you two, is that no assembly required. Just plug him in. He's going to be great. But it's the Raiders. So you know that they, they want to, when they go to Ikea, they throw up the instruction manual. They're like, no, no, we got this one. We'll figure this one out on our own. So that leads me to Christian Gonzalez as the pick for the Las, or Las Vegas Raiders because Lord knows, if they could pick someone who might not achieve their top level, you best be certain that they're going to do that. So the Atlanta Falcons are now on the clock at number eight. There's still a quarterback on the board for them. If they really want to reach, I suppose, they did draft Desmond Ritter a year ago. Ago, but the jury is more than out on Desmond Ritter at the moment. It's funny, I was talking to my producer Paul before we started, and we haven't opened the graphics that we use for the show except for once a year for this show. So it's been 365 days, and nothing has changed for the Atlanta Falcons. They have the same team needs. They are picking in exactly the same spot. That is not uh, indicative of a great year from any sort of franchise. So Thor at number eight, what are the Falcons doing? Yeah, with, with the top four quarterbacks off the board, I, I think that would cross that off for the Falcons. Maybe if one dropped into their lap, it, it would be a discussion. But barring that, I think it's going to be defense here. They need defense really, really badly. And you can go a couple different directions. The defensive front, uh, edge rusher, and they also need a cornerback. For me, though, Ray was just talking about him. I, I don't think Atlanta, you know, again, another team that would not have envisioned a scenario like this playing out. Uh, but two months ago or whatever, two plus months ago, Jalen Carter falling into their lap here. I think that's the point where you just throw up your hands and you turn the card in. Uh, Jalen Carter, a, a local kid, obviously uh, played at Georgia, whatever, and he fill one of the biggest needs for the Falcons. And you're getting a guy who is objectively a top three on field talent in this class at number eight and might even be the best overall talent in this class. I comp him to Warren Sapp. To me, this is sort of a no-brainer one, particularly with the top two edges already off the board, one of Atlanta's bi uh, biggest other needs. So we're going to go with Jalen Carter from Georgia here. Ray, I'm uh, unplugged from everything that's going on from football at the moment. This is me getting back into it. What's the deal with Jalen Carter? Yeah, just a couple of, you know, some speeding incidents. He was involved in a couple of other things. And, I, you know, you look it up, you'll you'll find all of the the, the things that he he has been involved in. Um, you know, or at least that have come to light during this pre-draft process. It's a better way to frame it. What what has come to light during this pre-draft process? I don't think any of the things that have been discovered are things that are going to keep him outside of the top 10. And I agree with Thor. He's a top three talent. This is one where I don't think Atlanta envisions a world in which the hometown superstar defensive tackle falls to eight. And if that were the case, I think Arthur Blank and Arthur Smith would pull the trigger on Jalen Carter. They they too would do backflips for this kid. So, uh, you know, the, the off-field stuff, there are red flags. We don't want to ignore it. But it doesn't seem like these are going to be issues that stop him from being a top 10 selection. This one is a no-brainer. Jalen Carter, you plug him in the middle with J.D. Grady Jarrett. They still need help on other areas of the defense. But you plug those two in the middle in that type of division, the NFC South, which isn't very good. Good luck to Derek Carr and that new Bryce Young in Carolina and Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask or whoever the hell is playing quarterback for Tampa Bay. I'm with Thor. Jalen Carter at eight is a is a steal for a talent like Carter. The Chicago Bears traded down from number one for the number nine pick. So clearly they are in the camp of Justin Fields being their quarterback. Ray, I'll ask you, if it was you at the time, and I know this depends on the draft capital that you could have gotten back, but if it, let's say all things being equal, do you think you take, 
keep the number one pick and draft a quarterback for the same haul or trade off Justin Fields if he was garnering that much? No, we're rolling with Fields. I'm I'm, like, we've got to, he's shown enough with, I believe, I would say Chicago had arguably the worst supporting cast of weapons in the NFL. I mean, when Cole Komet is the best receiving option that you have, that's a problem. Now, they traded for Claypool. There were a lot of issues with Poles and and Eberflus and what the hell they were doing in Chicago. I give them credit. At least they have seemed to make some competent moves to try to equip their young quarterback with offensive line help, trying to find some weapons outside. And I know there's a lot of smoke in rumors around Bijan Robinson at number nine to the Chicago Bears. Bijan's a top five talent in this class. Bijan's a top three talent in this class. But I am going to lean on the side of Ryan Poles and that staff and that organization continuing to make competent moves to surround their young quarterback with with weapons and and protection to see what they have. The Eagles had to do it with Jalen Hurts, and damn it, I vividly remember People saying, I'll draft Sam Howe. Jalen Hurts isn't the guy of the future. They invested in him. They protected him. They got him weapons, and he led him to a Super Bowl. I think at number nine, they would go offensive line. I would like it. I know they've made a couple of picks during free agency, and Thor and I uh, may have some uh, conversation or disagreement on, on the particular offensive lineman. But I think the athleticism, the youth, the skill set, I love Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State. Um, I know a lot of people have mocked like mid, mid first round pick. I think he is definitely in play for Chicago at nine. So I'm going to give Chicago Bears and Justin Fields another offensive tackle. And I'm going to go with Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Okay, so Thor... Not necessarily the same question to you, but if you threw Justin Fields as a college prospect amongst these quarterbacks that are currently eligible to be drafted this year, would he be the best? He would be third, in my opinion. It, like, like just his 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 prospect profile coming out, where I had him ranked, and then where I have these guys ranked. I would have Bryce Young above him, still at the top. I would have C.J. Stroud number two. But I would put Fields, you know, I'd split the middle between of these four guys. I would have him above Richardson and then Levis. Well, we got to protect him because you got to protect him at all costs at this point if you're rolling with him as your franchise. So I, you know, I would guess offensive lineman as well. Do you agree with Ray that it's Paris Johnson? I, I agree with, with taking an offensive lineman here, and I agree that that's a leader in the clubhouse for what's going to happen. I'm going to put you to another decision, though, Mayo. Today, I don't know if you've seen this. I, I know you you stay you know very much up on the odds on DraftKings and the other sports books. Just today, we had something very interesting happen in the prop market. Peter Skaronsky has now assumed the leader, the favorite status to be the first offensive lineman off the board. I think that might be because of some stuff coming out of Chicago. Chicago is not far from the campus of Northwestern. I think it's maybe a 10-minute drive or whatever. I'm going to give Peter Skaronsky to the Bears. The Bears need both tackle and interior offensive line help. With with the Bears, maybe you leave Skaronsky at right tackle. Then you can kick Tevin Jenkins inside. He should probably be a guard anyway. But you could decide in camp. You know, Jenkins is, is looking a little bit better out there. We know Skaronsky is going to be a stud guard immediately at the very least. But again, you'd probably be a better tackle than Tevin Jenkins, too. So either way that works out, I'm going to go with Skaronsky for the Bears. So right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, as we are recording this, there are co-favorites, Skaronsky and Paris Johnson, both minus 125 Mm. to be the first offensive lineman. And probably in this slot. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) and Broderick Jones is now 7-1 to to be the first offensive lineman. 
taken. Thor, I, I saw your most recent mock draft that you had updated on Fantasy Pros, and you did have Jones going in this spot to the Bears. Are those odds? Th- those odds seem pretty good for a guy who's probably in this mix, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think he would still be in play, but you would think with with his odds, with Jones's odds, cratering, that that probably has to do a direct intel from probably the Bears, who <laughs> seem likely to sort of lead the dance with the offensive lineman. And I, I think it's because it's pointing at Skaronsky. I do think that there are teams in the NFL, and I, I'd be curious, Ray, you know, if Ray's heard the same thing. There are teams out there I've heard that have Broderick Jones as their number one offensive lineman on the board. It just seems like maybe it's not the Bears, especially with with where the odds have shifted on this one. So I I actually had I had Broderick Jones to the Bears in, in my last mock, like you mentioned. But I have Paris Johnson slightly above him on my tackle board, and Skaronsky. He just speaks for himself as far as how good he is. So yeah, that that's how I break that one down. What do you think, Ray? Do you, do you think it's like a coin flip between those two for this particular pick? Thor made a really good case. As Thor, I I like Paris Johnson, but Paris Johnson's a tackle. I don't think you're kicking Paris Johnson inside um, to interior guard. I think I think Thor made a really good case for Skaronsky. They probably have seen a lot of him. They've probably done a ton of due diligence on him. And I agree with Thor from day one. Even if you don't have Skaronsky on the outside, uh, manning that left tackle spot, you can kick him inside, and he's plug and play guard. And that is what the Bears need. They need offensive line help. This kid took way too many hits. You can't you can't have Justin Fields beat up like that. I'm actually fine acquiescing to Thor and just rolling with Peter Scr- I, I think he makes a wonderful case. Um, if you're just saying pure tackle, I would still probably take the upside that Paris Johnson brings over Skaronsky, but I like the case that Thor made for Peter Skaronsky at nine. Well, thank you for making my decision very easy for me. Peter Skaronsky to the Chicago Bears at number nine. The Super Bowl loses. The Philadelphia Eagles do have the number 10 pick, which they acquired from the New Orleans Saints. They've lost a lot of players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, Thor, due to free agency coming off the year. Where do you think they go? I think this is another run the card up pick. Uh, Devin Witherspoon is a player that we know that Philadelphia is very interested in. If he gets down here, I think that this thing could be pretty quick as far as turning that card in. That, that That's the scenario where, the, no, we don't need to take the calls. We don't need to listen to the offers. Let, let's just pop Witherspoon. I compare him to Darius Slay. A lot of similarities there. Would have a nice mentor there uh, for him right away. You know that the Eagles, their, their cornerback room, also interior defensive line, both those groups are extremely old. All four of their, their top two at those two positions are 30 or above. I think three of the four are 32 and above. Very long in the tooth in the cornerback room. Uh, I, I think Witherspoon w- would infuse some youth there and obviously high-octane talent as well. So, Ray, I, I kind of agree that cornerback seems to be a good spot for the Eagles to go here. When you rank the corners in this class, is it Witherspoon and Gonzalez as a two above everyone else, or is that group larger? I think it's those two. I think those are the top two cornerbacks in this class. I love Joey Porter Jr. I think there are some other guys that can play. I really am a fan of Julius Brantz and the length that he provides. But you're talking about guys that you could throw out there from day one and they can man one one side of the field. Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon can do that from day one. I think those two are cut above the rest. There are some talented uh, defensive backs in this class at the corner position, but those are the top two guys. Tennessee Titans, number 11. Seems like they're throwing in the towel here for the season. They are projected, at least by Super Bowl odds, to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. 
they could go myriad directions, I suppose. Probably not going to draft a running back, I would assume, in this spot. Although, who knows? Maybe have that one-two thunder punch with Derrick Henry and Robinson. Probably not the best advice going forward if you want to win games. So, Ray, it's on you. It's the Tennessee Titans. I'm thinking offensive line, but I could be wrong. Uh, uh, this is this is a spot. They better go O-line. They they need to go offensive line. They've lost. Uh, Taylor Lewan is out of the building. The offensive line was in flux all year, just rotating bodies left and right, left and right. They also don't have any damn receivers. I mean, at, at, at the point last season where they had three active bodies that were designated at wide receiver, that's a problem. But here's the thing. Tennessee is in this weird spot where – they're just they're in the middle. They're in the middle, and it's almost the worst place to be. They're not good enough to do any to make real damage in the playoffs, and they're not bad enough to be the number one overall pick. They need to go offensive tackle. I'm seeing a lot of stuff about wide receiver. They need one. I just don't think they can pass up with Skaronsky off of the board. I like Broderick Jones out of Georgia as well, but get the athletic young tackle in the building for whomever's going to play quarterback long-term for Tennessee, which it won't be Ryan Tannehill nor Malik Willis for that matter. So I am going to go back to the well. Paris Johnson, offensive tackle, Ohio State, Tennessee Titans. Paris Johnson to the Titans, Thor? What do you think about it? I, I think this would be a great pick. This is about the best scenario possible for the Titans where both those tackles fall down to you. That's obviously the, their number one need. You, you mentioned the wide receiver one, but that's one we can defer till day two. You have to address that offensive line. So Paris Johnson, thumbs up on that one. Easy stuff. Let's move on to the second selection. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Houston Texans, acquired in the Deshaun Watson trade from Cleveland, number 12, a top 12 pick in a trade. Not so bad after giving rid of your franchise quarterback. They have already selected Will Levis in this draft that we're doing, Thor. So where do they go with number 12? This is an interesting one because there's a, I mean, Houston, a team that obviously has a bunch of holes. You could go a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, wide receiver is one spot that, I mean, this is definitely, this is a slot that's definitely in play to lead the dance with the wide receiver class, but they also need, you know, edge rusher. They they need some other stuff on the defense too. D'Amico Ryan's coming in. Is that something he's going to prioritize? I'm going to lean with the with the defensive need, and I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. I think he's a player that would appeal to D'Amico Ryans. You see some of those picks and how the 49ers, they had constructed their defensive front. D'Amico Ryans, he needs an infusion of talent up there, or Houston's just going to continue to get shredded like Swiss cheese. I'm going to go with, with Lucas Van Ness here. Ray, Lucas Van Ness. 
Sounds like a very Iowa player. I'm not going to lie to you. I've <laughs> never seen a picture of this guy, but I have a picture in my mind of what he may look like. Uh, where do you think? He looks, he looks just. He looks just like what you're envisioning too. Yes. Pat. Whatever you're thinking, that's exactly he sure how does. he looks. He looks just like it, but he's a damn good player. And I think the fantasy community would love to see Jackson Smith and Jigba here. But having secured their quarterback of the future, we talked about it. I do believe that Houston want D'Amico Ryans wants to find a disruptive defensive lineman to start to build out what this Texans defense looks like. They hit a home freaking run with Jalen Petrie last year. Thought he should have gotten even more consideration for defensive rookie of the year. For the and he wasn't going to win it over Sauce, but Jalen Petrie's Thor, we both loved him mm-hmm. last year. Uh, you get Lucas Van Ness there causing havoc and chaos off the edge. Uh, listen, I, I'm not going, we're not doing J.J. Watt comparisons. I don't want to do any of that, but I do think he can be a disruptive player from day one. And as you said, Thor, Houston has a lot of draft equity in this one. There will be quality receivers that they can grab in round two. I think there's a big drop-off in edge re- in, in edge defenders when you get to round two. You don't pass up Lucas Van Ness right here. And with D'Amico Ryans at the helm, I'm fine with this pick of Lucas Van Ness. I guess my only question about Lucas Van Ness is, is it a pure crew cut or does he have like the shaggy hair? <laughs> I uh, I guess somewhere in between, actually. I it's 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 neither of those, but he he's very clean cut. Um and he he the game it presents a lot. Um he's a speed to power freight train. Like the, you know, the, the offensive tackles have to sit back on their heels because you have to be ready for that speed to power conversion that he brings off of the edge. And then, you know, off of that, that's where you can get some of the counter moves. I think when Lucas Van Ness gets to the next level, that's the number one thing you're going to start to work with him on is let's give you that bag of tricks because you already have the offensive lineman standing back in the batter's box, choking up on their back. Because if they if it's not, he's going to blow the heater right by him. If you can get a couple of those counter moves and, and Lucas Van Ness is younger, he, he's a younger prospect, didn't say in college is long. And zero career starts uh, for Kirk Ferentz. That's just the way that they do it there. But he had the most uh, uh, defensive line snaps last year. So don't read too much into that. That's just a stupid hierarchy thing that that the Iowa staff does. Uh, But Van Ness, I I think, would be, you know, again, that that sort of moldable ball of clay that D'Amico Ryans is looking for here. Ray, Jets are on the clock at number 13. Had they already given this pick up, they would officially have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. But it seems like they do not want to part with this pick. Pretty savvy move, actually. Trying to hold on to your first round pick. What a strategy. What are the Jets doing? Because I think they are game planning as if they are going to have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, which means that they are all in for this season, maybe next year too. So they need something that actively helps their team from week one of the 2023 season. And I'm guessing it's protect Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's why they're not giving up this pick, because they wanted to select the offensive tackle. They want to take Broderick Jones out of Georgia here. You've got to protect Aaron Rodgers. Makai Becton, oft-injured offensive tackle. I, defensively, they are in a really good spot. They, they brought back guys. They hit some home runs last year on the defensive side of the ball, and they still have Jermaine Johnson just a Bruin over there on the defensive line. I think this is a move where you have to fortify your offensive line. You have to give Aaron Rodgers time. You have to have uh, running lanes for Brees Hall when he comes back from his ACL injury. This is an offensive tackle. And to be honest, whichever one's available, Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, 
they're not falling past the Jets. So right here, based on the landing spots and the capital that we've already assigned to some of these players, next best offensive tackle. And some people think he's the best tackle in this class. Project Jones out of Georgia, the Jets. It's it's a it's a lock and key fit. It, it really is. Matthew Broderick Jones. So the Jets are taking Ferris Bueller with Thor? <laughs> I, I agree with everything that Ray said there. That was very well set up. I do think the Jets are sitting dead right on, on one of those top three offensive linemen. If only one gets down here, then you don't have much of a decision. You're going to turn that card in. And in this case, it's Broderick Jones. I think that is the pick. Okay. New England Patriots at number 14. This is the last of the Mayo decisions. So you might want to put me to one with the New England Patriots because Lord knows who they're going to take. Can I take trade down? Because that's probably what they're going to do. Then we'll go pick <laughs> for pick, and it's all on you guys to figure it out. But number 14, it's the Patriots. Sounds like they are good with Mac Jones at this moment. We'll see if they end up making a trade. Who knows? But Thor, what do you think the Patriots are going to do? You know, I, I think they could think about defensive front for sure. And and tackle would be an, an option on the board, I think, if one of those top three guys gets to him. But they didn't in this case. So I think it would be down to either Nolan Smith at Georgia or Zay Flowers at Boston College. Um, some other teams, I think, have Jackson Smith and Jigba above him on, on the board. But the Patriots, we've seen this entire process. There's all this smoke around them keeping the local kid, Zay Flowers, going from Chestnut Hill down there to the Patriots. I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. I, I believe the smoke we're getting out of there. Zay Flowers, Ray, a wide receiver. So you know he's going to suck if he ends up going to the Patriots. That's like <laughs> the number one bet you can make. What do you think they do? They need the co-wide receiver. I mean, they they need a lot. They need Broderick Jones. They need Peter Skaronsky. And they need Paris Johnson on their defensive front, uh, on their offensive front. And they need defensive help. They need a lot of stuff in New England. But you cannot go into next season with Tyquan Thornton, Devontae Parker, and Kendrick Bourne being your core three wide receivers. They've got to go wide out. I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigba, the stud out of Ohio State. I, I wasn't aware of all the smoke coming out of Boston College and the connections to uh, New England, which makes me feel like that's going to be the pick. It makes a ton of sense. But I'm going to put you to the test since you said this is the last one, uh, Pat. And I'm going to go Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. In, in Jigba? Am I saying that correctly? It, yes. I'm gonna, I'm in Jigba. In, in Jigba, yes. In yes. Jigba. All right. That's where I'm going. He's <laughs> minus 200 at DraftKingsportsbook.com right now with Zay Flowers being plus 350. Although that plus 350, Thor, if, we, if this smoke is real, you know, we've brought up some pretty decent plus money odds here on, on stuff you might be hearing about. I may have a couple of tickets on Zay Flowers to be the first wide receiver <laughs> off the board. So, yeah, if you want to wet your beak on that one, thumbs up from Thor. Well, you're on, you're on a uh, very searchable platform when it comes to SEO. So if you continue to mock him <laughs> to the New England Patriots, you know, some GMs just might be on Google being like, this Thor guy, you know, he gets a lot of, <laughs> he's just Poppy's first on Google. He's the number one guy in the land. Like, uh, yeah, maybe we do need to take flowers. I think that's how Bill Belichick operates. I'm not sure, but it could be how he operates at this point. He's getting old. You know, he can't be doing all the research himself. He's got to rely on you guys on the internet to make his picks for him. That or his dog, who he put up in his draft spot and during the COVID year. That was a lot of fun. All right, let's go rapid fire. We're going to go pick for pick. So, Ray, you get the odds. Thor, you get the evens, which means, Ray, it is your pick. Who are you taking for the Green Bay Packers? All right, Green Bay. They need a lot of help offensively. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Robert Tanyan gone, I think they're going to go with a tight end, and right now, surging as tight end one. Got a clean bill of health. I'll go Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. 
Dalton Kincaid, Thor, you you comped a Todd Heap. <laughs> is that is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> uh, well, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, in, in terms of the ball skills, stuff like that, uh, it's more instructive to think of Dalton Kincaid as just an enormous wide receiver as a tight end because you're you're going to play him in the slot and you can play him out wide as well. You can motion him around the formation. You just can't play him in line because I mean he tries as a blocker, but he just don't have the play strength or the anchor to go. I mean, even even the defensive ends in the Pac-12, he's certainly not going to in the NFL. But his receiving utility, it's 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 special, you know. I mean, especially in comparison to some, and this is a very good tight end class. But you compare him like to Michael Mayer, for instance. Mayer's great in the intermediate area, and it's all contested catch uh, skill with him. He, he needs to because he doesn't create a lot of separation. Dalton Kincaid creates separation all along the route tree. He's great in the intermediate area, but he can also go downfield and get it. And his hands are ridiculously reliable. So yeah, I'm I'm thumbs up on that one. Is a great name. Dalton Kincaid like that sounds like if you didn't have the budget for John Wick and you had to make a straight to video (laughs) version of John Wick you could just call it Dalton Kincaid it's a great name here comes Kincaid oh I like that totally Agree, and he played through a back fracture in the Pac-12 title game. So that sort of reminds you of John Wick. You know, he's getting thrown out of the windows, and then he hits a car like four levels down, and then he's walking it off. That is Dalton Kincaid. Commanders, at number 16, Thor, the pick is yours. This one, it, for me, would be between – well, with Kincaid off the board, it's tough because the commanders could use the the tight end. We, we don't have the quarterback there. You know, in this scenario, it hasn't fallen down to them. So I'm going to defer this one to their cornerback need – Joey Porter Jr. is still on the board. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., a very, very impressive cornerback prospect. I think if he got there, especially if a guy like Kincaid's not there, especially if one of those three offensive tackles doesn't fall down, maybe it makes it a little bit easier. So I'm going to go with Joey Porter here. So Joey Porter now comes off the board, Ray. That means Pittsburgh is in shambles, doesn't it? (laughs) What's your pick? Oh, you muted yourself, Ray. I don't know why Thor did this. He just threw <laughs> a wrench in the inter- because Joey Porter Jr. to the Steelers is the lock of all locks. Damn it. Yeah. Put put your mortgage on that. That is happening. <laughs> Thor, why would you do that to me? Okay. Pittsburgh right here with Joey Porter Jr. off of the board. I, I still think they're gonna go defense. I'm not gonna reach for a corner right here. I like Alex Highsmith. I love TJ Watt. We all love TJ Watt. Nolan Smith here at 17. Just get another speed edge defender. Listen, you're in a division with Joe Burrow, with Deshaun Watson, maybe Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson. I don't know who's playing quarterback for Baltimore, but you got to get after the quarterback. And Nolan Smith has rare speed, acceleration, and bend off the edge. Here's the thing, Thor. I don't think he's a full-time player. I don't think it right now. You want Nolan Smith out there 95% of snaps, and maybe High Smith and TJ Watt afford him some ability to come in situationally. Think Clay Matthews when he started off in Green Bay. I think Nolan Smith would be a nice fit in Pittsburgh if Joey Porter Jr. is off the board. Agreed. Detroit has the number 18 pick, Thor. It is their second of the first round. This one's their actual pick. So who are they taking? Yeah, so we, you know, earlier on for Detroit, uh, was it, uh, let's see, oh, it was Will, Will Anderson fell down to them. So the edge rusher thing taken off, off the board here, I think you're, you know, at that point you're looking at interior defensive line, potentially cornerback. Um, those will probably be the, the leaders in the clubhouse, maybe tight end as well. Um, I don't know why the, the Lions fans don't want them to take a tight end the first couple of rounds with all the draft equity they have, but I digress. 
I'm going to go with, this would be a tough one, I think, between Brise, uh from Clemson, Brian Brise, and then Kalijah Kansi from Pitt. But I'm going to go with Brian Brise here. The defense for Detroit, we we mentioned uh, how you know awful it was, whatever, and and how much reinforcements they need. If you come out of this thing in the first round with Will Anderson and Brian Brise, you've immediately turned around your defensive front. Both those guys were ballyhooed pro- uh, recruits coming out who both proved the concept with their athleticism, but also the production over all four years at the highest level of college football. So I'm going to go with Brise here. Ray, it's back to you. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number 19. No Tom Brady, but most of the team still intact. That was pretty beat up a year ago. Could they just draft a quarterback? Is that possible? It could. I want to do it. I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it just yet. They Defensively, they're getting old. They're getting slow. They need to add some players defensively. This may be a little bit of a reach for this player right here at 19, but Miles Murphy, who tested, he had his he had his pro day, private pro day with Clemson, I believe last week, and uh, tested like a freak. He's he's a freak athlete. I, I think he's quite raw off the edge right now. But if if Todd Bowles can work that magic and be able to to get him on that defensive line to generate some pressure, um, I'm I'm going to go with Miles Murphy, edge defender from Clemson, right here for Tampa Bay. I think it makes more sense if you're trying to go for a full rebuild. Address the trenches before you start taking the fifth quarterback in a draft class. But who knows what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to do. But Miles Murphy to them in the Mayo Media Mock Draft. Care of Ray Garvin. Thor, it's on you for the Seattle Seahawks second pick of the first round at number 20. Yeah, I'm going to go with Zay Flowers here. You know, like in, I know edge and defensive front are, are very big needs for Seattle. But in this scenario obviously Jalen Carter's off the board, then Brian Brisset's off the board as well. And then with the edge rushers, this is not falling well for them with, with Murphy just going. If Murphy was still on the board here, I think he would be a distinct possibility. But after him, it falls off to the guys like, you know, Will McDonald, the the Felix Adunzma, the kid from Kansas State, I don't know how to say his last name, um, the Keon White, stuff like that. But I just think it would be a little bit of a reach here to go with edge. One of the things Seattle, other things Seattle needs on on offense, it's a receiver to go along with DK and to go along with Lockett. So I'm going to give them uh, Zay Flowers here, a guy that just falls into their range. I think that'd be a good fit. What great a, pick! What a slight to D Eskridge. How dare you? And Penny <laughs> <laughs> oh man, great pick, Thor. Great pick, Ray. There is a certain member of the Pat Mayo Experience family. I shall name him Jeff Feinberg, who has. His eyes open on this pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. There is one player he wants to go to the Chargers, and I'm curious to see if you mock him to the Los Angeles Chargers. Is he a big Osiris Torrance guy? Who does he want to go to the Chargers? No, no Osiris Torrance. Hit the air sounders, cause pandemonium, freak out, get excited, because the Los Angeles Chargers are going to do it the only way people in L.A. do it. They do it big, baby. And they're going down to Texas, and they are drafting B. John Mm. Robinson here at 21. Austin Eckler has said it would be worst-case scenario for him to be in LAC this fall. I think if this board plays out this way, there might be some draft day movement. People on the horn – can we? How much is what? What's Austin Eckler cost us? What's Eckler cost us? I think it's a luxury pick. I think they have other needs outside of this one. But Bijan Robinson at twenty-one, LAC Justin Herbert, Bijan Robinson. 
newest member of the LA Chargers here at 21. Jeff Feinberg wanted a tight end, is what I can tell you. Well, damn. I I <laughs> disappointed him. I think they'll go Bijan right here. That's, that is a luxury pick. The problem is, if you draft him, isn't the market for Eckler, like, gone? If there was Probably. one to begin with? Yeah. Well, if there was one to begin with, and who's to say that they don't just continue to use Austin Eckler in his sub 200 carry role that he's pretty much done his entire career? I think it's a luxury pick. Brandon Staley is the smartest offensive guy that we've ever seen. So he'd figure out a way <laughs> to get it done with B. John Robinson. All right, Thor, the Ravens are picking at 22. They just signed Odell Beckham Jr., apparently recruited by Lamar Jackson to come to the Ravens. So. I guess Lamar is going to be back. So do they still take a receiver here? Yeah, with, with the signings of, of Beckham and then Aguilar before that, it took receiver from being the, the super-duper obvious pick for the Ravens in the first round to uh, way less of a need. They're not boxed into having to take one uh, that specific position here. Open things up a little bit more. Not out of the realm of possibility that they, that they take a receiver because obviously Beckham's only going to be there for a year and Bateman hasn't panned out yet. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna audible off the wide receiver thing and go to defense where they have a couple big needs. They have a big need at edge rusher because some of the defections. They also have a big need at cornerback. I think the value right now is a little bit better with the cornerback in taking Deontay Banks. I mentioned earlier a guy Anthony Richardson who had gotten the perfect ten RAS score. That's how, what Deontay Banks got uh, this year as well. He tested as the perfect ten uh, cornerback. So I, I I think that the 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 Ravens that this would be an attractive pick for him if he was there. Well, I mean, there are tight ends still available. I mean, it's the Ravens. Couldn't they use like seven <laughs> tight ends on the roster? They, they they could, yeah. And Josh Oliver left, so maybe they could talk themselves into it. But yeah, I I think you know this is one of those years where they just need more on on that defensive side. We've seen them throw a lot of darts on the offensive side of the ball, you know, in in recent years. And now you know some of those guys are going to be moving up the depth chart and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be between edge and cornerback. If Miles Murphy had gotten down here, I I probably would have gone that direction. But with with Banks there, I think there's a bit of a drop off after Banks. You know, then you're going to some guys that have question marks, uh, Cam Smith. You know. So, so, some other guys like that um, on the board. So I think Deontay Banks would be a good fit here. Oh, open champion golfer of the year, Cam Smith, still available for the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> Ray. At number 23, we heard a little bit earlier that maybe they're in the running to trade up to number three and potentially draft a quarterback and kick Kirk Cousins to the door. And who knows? Kirk Cousins is like, all right. I don't mind Kirk Cousins. He'll get you a few wins. Won't lead you to the promised land. He's a fine quarterback. What do you think that the Vikings do here? Taking this from the hometown pick, the the insider of Thor for the Vikings, the pick is yours, right? <laughs> I, 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 there's a lot of pressure on me, but Thor also has my Cowboys, so there's a lot of pressure on his ass, too. <laughs> but I think, and I know there's a lot of smoke around the quarterback, and people are thinking Hendon Hooker here. Not me. I think the direction that they need to go, and I think they are starving for this position in the worst way, is a receiver opposite Justin Jefferson. And I'm telling you, I like a lot of these receivers in this class, but Jordan Addison to Minnesota is such a fit, is such a fit for the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. And this is the type of fit and the type of pick that can truly unlock this offense. It pulls away coverage from Justin Jefferson. It frees up TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Jordan Addison would have one-on-one -on -one coverage to do what he does well, which is use his technique, his route running ability to win opposite, uh, opposite Justin Jefferson. I know KJ Osborne's there. I don't want to disrespect him, but I think adding a legitimate 
wide receiver two to this Minnesota Vikings offense is what they need, not Hendon Hooker. Jacksonville, number 24. Obviously, they get a playoff win. We're entering year three of Trevi Lawrence, and they did some spending last offseason. So now they can kind of go wherever they want on the board. I think their receiving core is probably good now with Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley coming back. Bet on that one. The offensive line, they tried to shore up last season through free agency. So it feels like D-line, defense, or maybe O-line again, Thor. What do you think? Yeah, this is this is a tough one. This isn't the best way that this board has fallen for the Jaguars. You know, you're, you're going to have to reach up for a corner or, or a right tackle, try to replace Taylor, potentially. Uh, three, four defensive linemen could also be in play. Problem is, I don't think Kalijah Kansi is a, a three, four guy that he can play along there. You want him in a four, three as a three technique. So you're gonna you're gonna have to you know to address one of the needs, pull a guy up the board a little bit one way or the other. I'm gonna do it with Dewan Jones here. He's a, he's like the cleanest offensive tackle in this class, just in terms of the projection, because you're just gonna stick him at right tackle on day one. He's gonna be your starter there. He's that mountain of a man that has one. Of, he's coming in with one of the longest wingspans in the history of the NFL, 6'8", 375 pounds or whatever, and he moves he moves around decent for for a, a guy that is that enormous. So a lot of mocks have Dewan Jones in the second round, top half of the second round, whatever. But in this scenario, I think he might appeal to Jacksonville to help replace Taylor. So we'll go with Dewan Jones. All right, New York Giants. You got both New York teams, Ray. So what are the Giants going to do? Do they have to protect superstar QB Danny Jones a little bit more? Uh, Not yet. And I think just like Thor said, this didn't fall well for the Jaguars. I don't think it fell well for the Giants either. And their signings of wide receivers this free agent period, I know we all want to see a receiver go there, but I think they're signifying that they probably need to upgrade defense, which they do in the worst way, in particular their secondary. I could reach for Cam Smith right here, cornerback, but I'm going to go with Brian Branch, the versatile safety kind of hybrid Tyron Matthew nickel kind of guy out of Alabama. Dayball, the connections to Nick Saban, to Alabama. I think Brian Branch would be a welcome addition to this giant secondary, and Lord knows they need it. I think they can get a wide receiver a little bit later. I'm going Brian Branch here at 25. Thor, it's funny what happens to some of these positions that we don't necessarily think of as the most important anymore, primarily safety, linebacker, and running back. That when you see sort of a special talent, like everyone seems to think that Robinson is at running back, what happens with guys at the other positions like linebacker and safety? Like, how good do you now need to be to go in the first round? Oh, you, 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 your game has to be unimpeachable, right? I mean, like, cause you're already facing the questions of just the position that you're coming from and the value of that on, on an offensive or in, on, on an NFL field, whatever. So your profile, it can't raise any other questions beyond that. Obviously Bijan Robinson has answered all of his and Brian Branch in, in, in a lot of respects he has as well. He's a guy that you're going to play. He's, he's a slot defender. He's a nickel defender and awesome at it. You know, he's both good in coverage, but then you also, he's playing closer to the box or whatever. And he's one of the most reliable tacklers at defensive back that we've seen coming to the NFL literally over the last decade. Look, he just doesn't miss any tackles. So as far as a guy that can both help out against the run and, and also in coverage, I, I really like that pick. As Ray pointed out, it was probably unfair that I gave Ray the Vikings, but now you get his Cowboys. So Jura's on the clock. Who's he taking? Man, yeah. I mean, and Ray did such a good job with the Vikings pick. I agreed with literally everything he said. And in fact, Jordan Addison was the, was my pick for the Vikings in the mock draft I put out today on Fantasy Pro. So now the pressure's on me to not, you know, to, to do right by Ray. 
I'm going to go here, and I hope Ray is okay with this one. The the Cowboys seem like they're going to kick out um uh the the kid they got from Tulsa last year to right tackle um blanket on Smith, the name Smith, Smith Tyler Smith. Smith that opens up a, a hole at guard. I believe that they're trying they're going to potentially swap him with Terrence Steele. They're going to try him at the inside and a, a couple other guys like that. But you still have this this big one one remaining hole on their offensive line. Osiris Torrance would be tailor-made to plug that one. Osiris Torrance, the knock on him, he's not going to play tackle. A little bit slow-footed, but he's enormous, That uh, you know, almost 6'5", 337. And when he gets his hands on you, he has over 11-inch hands. Just absolute meat cleavers. Once he locks into you, you're going where he wants you to go. I think this would be a good fit, Osiris Torrance, going to Dallas. Did Thor Duper right by you, Ray? He absolutely did. Love it. They need it. Reminds me a little bit of Ronald Leary, who they had as a road grader, offensive guard uh, in the past. Torrance slimmed down a little bit. This would be a fantastic pick by Dallas. Love it. Good job, Thor. All right. Well, you need to make our producer Paul happy here with the Buffalo Bills on the clock, Ray, at number 27. Where are we going? Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. This is a team that's being rumored as they want to trade up and potentially get in the B. John Robinson sweepstakes. With them off of the board, uh, Matt Milano, okay, they lose Tremaine Edmonds. They probably need to upgrade the linebacker position. And Buffalo, they're, 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 they're fine offensively. I know people don't believe in James Cook uh, as being like the bell cow lead back. You brought in Damian Harris. I think they're okay there. As long as you got Josh Allen, you could always protect him a little bit better, but they have to be able to stop the run. I mean, good night, man. I mean, the Minnesota – I mean, I, you just watched it. Teams just gashed them. They could just run on Buffalo, and I get it. They had injuries left and right in that secondary. Right here, this is very tough. And I, as I look down the linebacker list, I love Noah Sewell. I love all these guys. But I think Jack Campbell is probably the one with his athletic testing that would fit – He's he's unsexy. You you hear the name Jack Campbell, and you're just like, who the hell is that? He's a tackling machine. And Thor, you could probably speak on it a little better than I can, but he just doesn't. He is a tackling machine that's athletic. I'm a little questioning questioning how he can play in space. But you're talking about um, you know Tremaine Edmonds, who had his issues in Buffalo as well. I think they need to replenish that. This I don't know if this is what Buffalo Bills fans want to hear, but Jack P Campbell would be a plug-and-play starter from day one, and you look up 10 years, and you're like, man, that was a damn good pick that we got in 23. Thor, you could play linebacker or front office accountant with Jack Campbell if you just heard the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Jack. I love Jack Campbell's game. I uh, he was, I believe, the PFF's highest graded linebacker last year, and he's really good in coverage and against the run, everything like that. Some of the stuff we haven't seen quite as much is just rushing the passer with him, but that's just because the way Iowa's defense was constructed. As as far as being a zone coverage guy, a linebacker, we already know that that's going to work because that's what he was at Iowa. We'd have to see, you know, if if his team wanted to do him more man, like how he'd be in coverage, but both against the run, like I said, awesome, almost six foot five 250 pounds and then in coverage as well he's just a very clever player the one question you had with him it was the athletic profile just because in coverage you don't see him running down with people you know you know down the field whatever and then when he's coming for it i mean that speaks for itself you knew he had the acceleration you knew he had some agility but you're just wondering because just because we hadn't seen him get you know that big runway to run but he tested like a friggin banshee in the pre-draft process 9.98 raz at that enormous size Again, one of the most athletic uh, size-adjusted linebackers to ever enter the league. In conjunction with that and how long he has succeeded at Iowa, and then how the Ferences talk about that kid. Like, the Ferences never compliment anybody, 
but before Jack Campbell was even on the field, there was all these reports coming out or, or Kirk Ferentz just sort of commandeering his own press conferences to be like, you guys need to check out this Jack Campbell kid because he is destroying our offense every day in practice. Like when Jack Campbell was like a freshman. So like, I definitely like this pick. I think he is the one linebacker who is in play to go in the first round. And I've heard a lot of smoke around that Buffalo one. So I, I definitely agree with Ray's pick there. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals, number 28. Who can they pick that can help them beat the Kansas City Chiefs? We've we've had a couple picks earlier in, in this mock where you're going with the local kid. We're going to do it again here. Michael Mayer grew up on the Kentucky side of the border, but just outside of Cincinnati. And as an enormous Bengals fan, Michael Mayer, the best tight end in Notre Dame history. Notre Dame, their tight end won. Uh, it's, it's been like something like 15 straight years where they're, you know, they're starting tight end. The tight end one guy has been drafted. Michael Mayer is, is now going to continue that streak or whatever. And again, at Notre Dame, he was the best of those guys. I do think he's going to go in the first round. I, you know, will he get down to the Bengals? We'll see. But if he does, I think the Bengals are going to be ecstatic with this one. Irv Smith is not the as a Minnesota guy. I could tell you he ain't your answer on offense there on at, at tight end. But if if you can have him as a tertiary guy, you know, just doing his shifty stuff because you have the inline, you have your starting tight end taking care of him, Michael Mayer. That would work out. This is a perfect fit. Okay. That leaves us with the New Orleans Saints at number 29. They got it from San Francisco through Miami and Denver, Ray. This division's wide open. Do they go plug and play right away, or do they actually draft for the future for the first time ever? They do a little bit of both because they lost two defensive linemen through free agency. Marcus Davenport's gone. They lost uh, David, uh, forgetting his last name. Uh, he's no longer there as well. Uh, they've got it. They've got to improve that defensive line. I really want to mock Derek Hall, the edge from Auburn to New Orleans right here, but the slide has got to stop. And what better mentor to have for Kalaja Kansi, who I believe would be their pick, than Cam Jordan, who plays uh, who plays this three four in, but he's an undersized guy as well. He's not three hundred and twenty pounds. He's not three fifteen. So when you've got Kalaja Kansi, the big knock on him is he's only two eighty. He's only two eighty five. But he's quite cat like quickness. He can penetrate at the like immediately, right? And I never, I've not bought into Kalaja Kansi as a top 10 pick, but here at the back of the first round, my goodness, for the Saints, this would be hell. Thor, I'd even be fine with Dallas taking a shot on him at 26. So to get Kalaja Kansi to help that defensive front, which New Orleans, they got to generate pressure. It can't just be up to Cam Jordan to get after the quarterback. Kansi. In New Orleans would be a great fit. I think Dennis Allen would really like that chess piece to play around with. Very rarely do you see the Super Bowl loser with two picks in the first round, but that's the case for the Philadelphia Eagles. They selected at number 10. We had them taking, what did we have them taking? Uh, Devin, Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon. There we go. So they got corner shored up at the moment. Thor, where are they going with the number 30 pick? Yeah, the ethos of this team is just, just sort of stay in patent and then take the the sort of the steals that the NFL has filtered down to you. That's what happened at 10 with Devin Witherspoon. We're going to do it again here. Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, has filtered down the board. The Eagles, I mean, they, they, they need offensive line help, you know, both tackle or interior guy. But with Wright, you're sort of going to get two bites of the apple because Wright very probably is going to be a really, really strong right tackle in the NFL. He's not a left tackle. You know, it's, it's just his feet are a little bit slow for that but could definitely play right tackle. But even if that doesn't work out, he, he's just sort of a lesser version of Skaronsky. Not the same kind of a player, but just in terms of the same sort of thing of, of is it going to be right tackle or is he going to be a Pro Bowl guard every single year going forward? Uh, so I'm going to give Darnell Wright to Philadelphia here. With, with the value on the board, I, I just sort of think you have to. 
Ray, the final selection of the first round in 2023 goes to the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Who are they taking? Well, Pat, we will not end this show without getting Chiefs fans, fantasy football fans all excited because, damn it, we're doing it again. The Chiefs, with their last pick in 2020, took a small running back out of LSU, and that did not pan out. Right here, uh, Jarek McKinnon's a little frustrated. He is wondering why no teams are offering him a contract. Uh, you know, because you're 30 years old, and I uh, think the Kansas City Chiefs don't want to just run into next season with Clyde edwards Lair and Isaiah Pacheco. So right here at 31, they go back to the SEC. They take another undersized running back, this one much better than Clyde edwards Lair. and I think they use this luxury pick on Jameer Gibbs, the talented kind of do-it-all running back out of Alabama. Sign us up to be heartbroken again by the Chiefs, but Jameer Gibbs here at 31. What a luxury for the Kansas City World Champion Chiefs, who were supposed to be like retooling last year with no Tyreek Hill. They just had Jameer Gibbs with this offense, and let's have fun. Thor, I love the last three or so picks of the first round going towards a running back. This seems like the perfect time to take one. You get that fifth year option. You never really go broke with a running back. And realistically, outside of the very few outliers, how many, like how many running backs in year six do you ever really want? Wait, say, say that one more time, Pat. So like you get, you can have all five years of any first round pick. So taking mm. a running back here where you don't have to allocate spending big on free agency or go dumpster diving at the same time, you can get an elite talent, have them locked up for five years. Then you can just cut bait whenever you want. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. You know, I'm I'm on the team, no uh, second contract for running backs or whatever, but I would use uh, draft equity if the guys fell into my range. Jameer Gibbs, is he going to go in the first round? We'll have to see on that, but if he doesn't, he's going to go right away on Friday night. In in the, the two-round mock I just put out today, I had him going 34 to Arizona. So, I mean, like, if he makes it out of Thursday night, he is not going to have to sit in that groom, green room very long on Friday. Um, and I think that the fit makes a lot of sense as well. He would compliment Pacheco really really well like Pacheco is your, your explosive guy on on the early downs try to get him into a lane and see if he can hit a home run and then Jameer Gibbs he does all your your air backy stuff on on the passing down he's going to catch all the all the balls stuff like that very skilled receiver um very shifty obviously as a runner too and then he's also a return guy um awesome return guy in fact his, his first collegiate touch back when he was at Georgia Tech was a 70 yard uh or so uh kick return for a touchdown maybe punt return but anyway he, very skilled returner did it all three years so yeah this would be a good pick for Kansas City. Well, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience 2023 NFL Mock Draft. You can see the results in the description now that I have them written down along with all the time codes. Probably information you could have used at the beginning of the show, but hey, here we are now. Smash like, sub to the channel, and please tell me who you think your team should draft within reason down in the comment section. If you're looking for more NFL Mock Drafts, I can assure you, Thor is going to have more up on fantasypros.com. You need to go check those out. And I can assure you, Ray is going to have even more with my guy Jordan over on Destination Debbie. Sub to that YouTube channel right now and the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you download your podcast. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.